0: so you had uh, you had your eyes on a tv or a smartwatch or a doll or a fishing rod or whatever and you were going to pick it up on black friday but because of uh, believe it or not as much as you wanted that and you knew you were going to save some money by getting it online because of the thanksgiving festivities you just absolutely forgot just, just you you just forgot You forgot over the weekend. Come Monday morning, you're lying in bed. And before your alarm goes off, you remember, oh, I wanted to go get that. So you get out of bed, you log on to your computer, and there are two left. Same price, two left. You uh, log into the, the website, whatever it is, and you put the item in your cart, go to checkout, and it's gone. Somebody just beat you to it. Or, back in high school, for some in this room, that's a long time ago. For others, it's not quite as long, but there was this girl that you wanted to date. And so, um, you didn't wanna ask your friends to to, to go check with her because it would be so junior high-ish and so middle school-ish, you didn't wanna, you weren't gonna stoop that low but you were so stinking shy. So you had a couple of classes with her and you were f- good friends, you thought, and, and then you, you never made the move and asked her out. Four months later, she's going steady with a good friend of yours. Two years down the road, a good friend of your crush sees you, comes up to you and said, how come you didn't ask her out back in school because she really wanted to go out with you? <laughs> oh, so, I mean, you, you never ever wanted to do something and put it off and missed that opportunity, have you? I haven't either. Never ever have I done anything like that, ever. Just a hunch. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most of us believe that we have all the time we need, right up until the time we don't have all the time we need. David in the Old Testament understood some things about time, but he wanted greater clarification. And so he asked God about time Time. And it's interesting to me that David did not ask God to show him some good things about time, but David actually asked God to show him what I think are really kind of some bad things about time and some limitations of time. And when you pray, do you ask God to show you bad things or do you ask God to show you good things? What, what, what do you want him to do? What would David ask God to show him, I think, some bad things about time. In Psalm 39, verse 4 and 5, David said, Show me, Lord, my life's end, and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. Wow, that's really encouraging, that's, that's what I want to know. You have made, David continues, my days a mere hand breath, which is not very long. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Every one is but a breath. (sighs) Even those who seem Secure. David asked God to explain to him and impress upon him how brief his stay was going to be on this planet. He wanted God to impress upon his heart and his mind how quickly his days would pass. Does not that sound a tad bit depressing? To want to know how short your life is going to be. Stroll down memory lane again. Um, high school graduates, 17, 18, 19 years of age, even teenagers at their graduation or maybe at a graduation party or when they're gathering with friends in the next day or so, even they think as they're graduating or at that time that, man, those four years of mine went really quickly. Or for Todd, maybe those six years of mine went really quickly, I don't know. But those, those years I spent in high school, they just went by so fast. But then a little later, Those wise teenagers for a moment, whenever they're going off to college or they're getting their first job or they're beginning a a new career, then it really kind of fades away that they don't think so much about how quickly life passes. In God's Word, James tells us about time and our use of time in James chapter 4 verse 3 he says now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city spend the year there carry on business and make money now the reality is the person who's saying this it's it's like they have a plan for the future they're they're taking steps to accomplish something they're they're being proactive they're coming up with a roadmap to have some kind of success. But James throws a wrench into the gear of this person's plans when he goes ahead to say why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then Vanishes. This business about our time on earth being a mist or a, a breath is pretty much foreign to us, thinking life goes by so quickly until there's someone we care for and they come up with an illness, or they're in an accident, or someone very close to us that we care for dies, and then we realize that life is really Not guaranteed, but it is especially impressed upon us ourselves whenever we receive a diagnosis perhaps that we have something that just might be terminal. Or we're in a devastating accident and life is never going to be the same or we're never going to recover. And we know then that life is short.
1: this might really be the real end how's it hit you when you get that kind of news man what you do and he said i went sky That someday I hope you get a chance to live like you were die
0: so the man in this song received uh, some bad news about his health, and as things looked to him, uh, he knew that his life on earth was going to be cut short, and so he made a decision that he was going to live like he was dying. Isn't that how we followers of Jesus are supposed to live anyway? Or aren't we supposed to live like we're dying? Paul writes to the Christians in Galatians chapter, chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Luke nine, then he, Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross, which means to die, take up their cross daily and follow me living as if we're dead. I have three questions. Number one, have you made a commitment to follow Jesus? It's rather simple. The answer would be yes or no. Sometime in your life, have you made a commitment to follow Jesus? And you you know whether you have, or whether you have not. Question number two Are you living each day as if the time you have is really not your own? Are you living each day as if the time you have is really not your own? And question three Knowing that the time you have is really not your own. Are you willing to take advantage of future opportunities than in the past you might have let slip by? An ancient Greek statue depicted a man with wings on his feet, a large lock of hair on the front of his head and no hair at all on the back of his head. And beneath this statue was the inscription that read this way, who made thee, Lysippus made me. He was a sculptor, 390 to 300 BC. What is thy name? My name is opportunity. Why hast thou wings on thy feet, that I may fly away? swiftly? Why hast thou a great forelock, that men may seize me when I come by? And what is his name? His name is Opportunity. Why art thou bald in back, that when I am gone by, none can lay hold of me? kind of like missing a a Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales and not going out with the person you wanted to in high school because you were not bold enough to ask. I fear that many of us let God opportunities pass us by. God opportunities are those moments that God presents to us or has come in front of us, when there are chances for us to move and to do something that God has called us to do in those moments, those opportunities. Do you let God opportunities pass you by? Do we miss those God opportunities because we are not prepared for them? Do we miss them because we're afraid to reach and grab them? Or do we miss them because we, we choose to miss them? Because I don't want to get involved or I'm really not 100% committed to being the person that God wants me to be. If you could magically flip a switch and God at the flip of that switch would instantly make you prepared, and he would instantly make you bold, and he would instantly make you willing to grab opportunities when they come your way, would you flip that switch and give God permission right now to make those changes in your life? Let me ask that again. If you could magically flip a switch and God would instantly make it so that you could be prepared and that you would be bold and that you would be willing to take those God opportunities as they pass by you. Would you flip that switch and give God permission right now, right this instant, right now, would you give him permission to do that? Would you flip that switch? Ephesians 5. Be very careful then how you live, but not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity, because the days are evil. Galatians 6.10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Colossians 4, 5. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let's pretend. Let's pretend you have a good friend. They're a great friend, actually. And you and they can talk about anything. They are not condescending. You can express your opinions. You like to do similar things. They're a compliment to you. And because you know that they care for you, at different times in your relationship, they have said something to you about God, about Jesus, going to church. And they have, though they have not been perfect, they have lived in such a way that they've lived a life of integrity. And because they have taken the time and the low pressure in your life to share about Jesus, what he means to them, you have decided ultimately that you want Jesus to be a part of your life. And so you have Jesus come into your life and your sins are forgiven, you escape hell and you make it to heaven. How would you feel about that and that person? Pretty good. Let's pretend again, same person, same great friendship, same non-condescending attitude, same willingness to discuss any number of different things, go places together, have a great time. But in this scenario, this person never once mentions anything to you about church or Jesus or youth groups or coming to know who God is. Never once. Still a super great friend. And then you die. Sin's not forgiven. Missed heaven and you go to hell. How would you feel about that? It was near the end of Jesus' ministry and some envious and jealous Jewish religious leaders were ramping up their cause. They were more intent on catching Jesus doing something wrong or saying something that went against their rules and regulations and trying to twist things to get him in trouble. And this happened in Matthew 22. One of them, Jewish religious leaders, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So the most important way that Jesus said that we should spend our time is in loving God. We love God by worshiping Him, by obeying Him. We can love God by getting into His Word and reading about Him. And there are other ways, any number of different ways that you have probably thought about in just the last 10 seconds about how we can love God. And so Jesus continues in his response to this question about what is the greatest commandment in the law. And the second greatest commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I have three more questions and they're different. Question number one, do you want to escape hell and go to heaven? Number two, do you want your friends, your neighbor, do you want your friends, do you think that they would want to escape hell? Do you think they would want to escape hell and go to heaven too? Do you think they would want that? Question number three, how well Have you been using God opportunities and your time to love your neighbors and your friends? Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. I mean, they, they were everywhere where he went, but just tons of people followed him. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Now, do you think, if you took a survey of these people, do you think they would say that yes, they were harassed and helpless. I I don't think so. I think they would say, think they were just living their life, they're just going about their business, but Jesus saw them with different eyes. And He knew, He knew they were harassed. He knew that without God, they were helpless. He knew that of them, though, I think, they did not know that. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Will you be a worker? Do you love your friends enough in that harvest field? We know them, we love them, and we really do want them to go to heaven, but are we willing, in spite of our fear and our timidity, are we willing in spite of our thinking, I don't know exactly what to say to come up, are we willing when there's a God opportunity and God opens the door for us to express our love to our friends? Or are we willing to use our gift of time with the God opportunities that He presents to us to grab a hold of them for our friends' sake and love them and let them know about Jesus? so they can escape hell and make it to heaven. Would you bow your head, please? I'd like you to think of some friends and family that are not Christians. I want you to think of them. Who are they? Name them, see pictures of them. You love them. And in your heart of hearts, you want them to belong to Jesus. Are you willing to pray that this week, God will give you God opportunities to speak to them? Are you willing to pray that this week, maybe even today, are you willing to pray that this week, Our loving Heavenly Father will send you a God opportunity or God opportunities to use your time in talking to your friends that you love. If you're willing, then ask God right now for a God opportunity for this week. If you're willing, ask him right now. Is the Bible rule? Is the Bible true? If it's true, then your friends who don't know Jesus are lost and they are not going to make it to heaven. Do you love them enough to grab those God opportunities when he brings them in front of you? Have you taken advantage of that opportunity for yourself to make a commitment to follow Jesus? Have you been goofing off and not really been living as God, you know, expects you to? Have you been cutting corners? Has your language been less than what it should be? Have you not spoken to others as you should? Have you not been using your money? Is there something God would want you to do? If you want someone to pray with you or you have a decision to make and you've never made a, a decision to follow Jesus, then when this service is over, you can come and talk to me. You can exit this room and take a right when you get in the lobby and go toward a welcome center and there will be someone who is a decision guide, who has a lanyard on, who could listen to you and can answer your questions that can be done privately. What is God saying to you that He expects you to do? If you're watching online, If you will get in touch with us through the information you see with the email address or the phone number, we will contact you no later than tomorrow. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you have given to us. Thank you for the time that you have given to us may we give that time back to you. Father, make me a worker. May this week I take advantage of the God opportunities that you send my way. Use me to make an eternal difference in other people's lives.